Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome back to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by BetMGM and McKenney. I'm, as always, Mike Stevens. This is, as always, Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great. The holidays are mm-hmm. upon us. I gotta, I gotta give Ryan some credit because both you, you know, you and I were at the Leafs morning skate this morning. You know, getting some Tampa Bay Lightning quotes and stuff. Ryan comes in with a bag of holiday shopping. This man, this is how much of a pro Ryan, Ryan Kennedy is. He got pretty much all of his holiday shopping done before noon on a Tuesday. Boom. I've never, I've never seen someone work in silence like that. It's, it's incredible. I bow down to you, sir. Um, yeah. Although, unfortunately, you know, people who are doing things, uh, who are not, you know, moving in, in, doing things as efficiently, not being as successful, you are the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a very difficult year for them. We've been over this. Yes. It's been tough. Um, and another blow has been, has been struck to them, uh, and the Boone Jenner is out for a month. Yeah. Um, this is... It's been just a nightmare year for injuries, whether it's Voransky, Boquist, Merzlikens is out for tonight as well, I believe, with an illness. And now they're missing basically uh, their de facto number one center now. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we go from, where, where do the Blue Jackets go from here? I feel like we ask this question every week, but like, like now that they've lost Boone Jenner, who is, I believe he's their captain. He's, yeah, yeah you know, he, he is a lifeblood, you know, sort of like a pillar of that team. Where do they, where do they go from here? Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity. If, if I'm going to do a silver lining mm-hmm. here, it's a great opportunity for Kent Johnson yes. to get reps as that number one center. Because, um, I mean, it's, it's funny in like a tragic way. Like Johnny Gaudreau is putting up great points. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been as advertised. He's been as advertised. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Patrick Laine, mm-hmm. who's been very well. Just as good, yeah. yeah. Um, but they did have a dearth of talent at center. And, you know, in a perfect world, Boone Jenner is your number two center. Yes. Um, Kent Johnson, obviously still super young. Uh, you know, he was still at the World Juniors this summer for Team Canada, had the golden goal. Um, but I feel like this is a bit of a lower stakes uh, experiment that Columbus mm-hmm. is now allowed to do where it's like, okay, like we're, we're toast, we know it, we're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, let's see what Ken Johnson can do where we give him more responsibility, um, you know, maybe give him more ice time. You know, what can he do playing with these top end guys? And... And then, you know, your, your sort of hope is over the summer, he continues to get bigger and stronger. And, and maybe as soon as next year, he is ready to be that number one guy full time. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a little too early, but if, if, you, if Ken Johnson can survive as your number one and Boone Jenner is your number two, well, then all of a sudden you've got like some pretty nice depth down mm-hmm. the middle there. Um, but yeah, as you said, with all the injuries, it's super tough to... Uh, carry on if you're Columbus, but at least, you know, you see what Ken Johnson can do. And I, I will say, you know, they lost to Dallas the other night, uh, but Ken Johnson, his possession numbers were mm-hmm. like not bad compared to the rest of the team. So yes. it's a start. I want to list off these injuries because they're nuts. Like do it. Jake Bean, he's on injured reserve. He's been out since November 15th. Nick Blankenberg, 
you know, he's on injury reserve. He's been out since uh, November 11th. Adam Boquist, you know, he broke his foot. He's out at least six weeks. Justin Danforth is on injury reserve. Boone Jenner's on injury reserve. You know, his Corpus Salo's on injured reserve. Cole Sillinger is now going to miss, uh, miss last, you know, the last game, uh, uh, last night's game, sorry, against Dallas. He's another young guy who, who we would think, all right, now Boone Jenner's out. Let's step up. Totally. He's, we don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah. Then you have Jacob Voracek, who may never be back, yeah. as we said. And then, as well, Zach Wierenski out for the rest of the year. I mean, this is just like what, what was an exciting year for Columbus. You know, what was a year that I think was really important for them to establish themselves as a place that players want to play. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when we started the podcast, um, um, like when we started this season, I guess, of the podcast, it was like Columbus can be a really interesting place because it's, it's almost, uh, and, and just because they're in Ohio, it's, it's an interesting sort of like component or a sort of comparison here is that when J.R. Smith, um, who uh, he's a basketball player, if you didn't yeah. know. He, uh, he, he played in like, New York before and everything, and he went to Cleveland um, for their championship run. And, he's, and everyone was asking him, like, what was it like you know, playing in Cleveland because you, know, you, you were playing at Madison Square Garden before your big... He's like, it was actually great because it was all ball there. There was mm-hmm. nothing else to do, right. so it was all ball. We had to focus. He was with LeBron and everything. Yeah. And I felt like Columbus could be kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Somewhat small market, sort of Midwest, but like players go there and it's, it's all hockey. It's all puck. Yeah. Um, and, and they had a really good collection of talent. just has not worked out this way. Yeah. And you know what's funny, too, is I remember uh, talking to somebody earlier in the season about this, and, you know, it's, I think Columbus is one of those markets where if you visit it, you might not get the full yes. feel of it. But if you live there, you're like, hey, there's some great suburbs here. There's actually a lot of, I, from what I'm told, a lot of really good golf courses. Mm-hmm. So if you're a player and you want to make your home there in the off season, you're like, hey, we've got some of the best courses in the country that are, you know, within range. Uh, everything's close together in terms of like traffic and things like that airport to the ring to your home um so there's definitely some you know when Goudreau went there it's like okay when you list off those reasons it's like okay I get it it's a good place to nest I've heard you know yeah maybe if if you're a single guy you want to be living you know in your high-rise condo in the middle of New York or Manhattan right but like if you have a young family you know you want to you realize this is a place that I want to set up you know the yard with the dog and and everything yes I think that's a good place uh and, and look, hopefully they can turn it around, but like this is just a, this has been a nightmare for them this yes, season. Not this year. Like goaltending. Yeah, not, not this year. They can turn it around this Goaltending, <laughs> injuries, and like scoring, all of it is, has left them. So it's not yeah. great. Speaking of another team that pretty much everything has left them um, is the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, we were talking before we started recording, they're, they're approaching historically bad status. You know, the, the Blackhawks are, I mean, they're, they're, they're they have nine wins on, or sorry, seven wins on the year. They're seven, nineteen, and four. They have eighteen points. They're dead last in Central Division. One of the worst teams in the league. They just lost seven to one uh, to the Rangers. By the way, I have Chris Kreider uh, in fantasy, and he finished with uh, no points and was a minus one in that game. Amazing. Don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> good for him. Um, but this is this is a team that is just it's going absolutely nowhere. I feel like the obviously the front office is probably overjoyed at this. Uh, at, at this prospect, they do seem to be in the running, you know, number one for Connor Bedard. But mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot of proud veterans on this team. You know, they have the Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, but even like, you know, like they, as much as like Jack Johnson and, and you know, guys like that, it's uh, Connor Murphy would be a great ad for other teams, Jake McCabe, et cetera, et cetera. What do we do here with them? Like, like yeah, so. What's interesting about Chicago is I think we're at the point where we can say, okay, you know, if the draft lottery goes their way and they get Connor Bedard, 
what do the Hawks look like next year with mm-hmm. Bedard in their lineup? Because, I mean, based on what we've already seen, seen from Connor Bedard, like, he's going straight to the league. Like, oh, yeah. No question about it. Um, when was the last time a number one pick didn't? Like, Owen Power, but that was because of probably COVID as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen Power, and then I think Eric Johnson was the first before that because he went NCAA as well. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Connor Bedard's ready. Uh, and it's going to be interesting because, you know, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, final years of their contract, mm-hmm. we, we don't know what's going to happen either this season or in the summer, mm-hmm. right? So if you, just for the sake of argument, subtract those two guys, obviously it's a huge hole both offensively but also in terms of leadership. Now you do have Seth Jones in terms of leadership. Unfortunately. Yeah. With uh, that contract. The contract, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got to get to the floor. That's true. Right? He'll get you there, that's you know, for sure. You'll have Tyler Johnson uh, for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Max Domi is probably trade deadline bait. Oh, absolutely. Um, He's having a great year this year, actually. Exactly. So it works out for all involved. But what's interesting is, you know, I, we, you know we've talked about this or, you know, blogged about like, okay, well, what would Connor Bedard look like on Anaheim? It's like, oh, it'll be pretty cool. They got Zegers and Terry mm-hmm. up front and Mason McTavish. But you look at Chicago, and I think even with Connor Bedard, they would still be really oh, bad. Oh, they'd be terrible, yeah. Yeah, because if you look at, like, I mean, they made some high picks last summer, but Frank Nazar has been injured the entire season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played for the University of Michigan yet. And, you know, Kevin Korczynski is a defenseman um, and still one that's, you know, growing into, uh, you know, his, uh, his role in junior. And he's been fantastic in the WHL, but, you know, he's not an NHLer yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think you can depend on him to be a, a game changer right away. So it's kind of fascinating because I'm almost wondering if we're looking at sort of another Blackhawks rebuild going back to when they got all their sort of like classic players with Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. Um, I, I think it's going to take a while. It is. This is going to be one of the more like extensive long rebuilds I think mm-hmm. I mean obviously you get Connor Bedard and that gives you like immediately gives you your franchise pillar right there yeah like it gives you the piece that you rebuild for to get um, but like they're they, they they the Blackhawks amassed an insane amount of, of draft capital um, at this draft it, more, they should have amassed more based on who they dealt away I think but the fact that and they what they did is they also got a lot of players a lot of veteran guys who are like just basically uh, um, like a dra- like they basically made themselves do a draft pick mill. You know, they basically got a lot of guys who are second, third round picks at the deadline. The Max Domi's, the Anathasius, mm-hmm. the Jason Dickinsons. Uh, uh, you know, like the any anyone. You you know, like uh, uh, even like Jake McCabe. You know, Connor Murphy. They, they like these are Colin Blackwell. These are guys who you know, can be, are, are really good pieces on a contender. Yeah. Um, specifically those two defensemen. I'm really high on both of those. And I think that any, on a better team, they're doing great. Um, but they, so they could have even more capital to pour into this. You know, this mm-hmm. is like, they're, they're not done by any means, but like I, I and I was reading, um, I was reading something on Patrick Kane and, uh, because the athletics doing this thing where they go through like the 99 players and basically Patrick Kane's sort of, um, um, addition into this was prefaced by the fact that he is just really sick of losing. Uh-huh. He wants, like, he misses winning. He yeah. misses being good and he misses playing hockey that matters. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, I, if Patrick Kane ex- has his contract expire as a member of the Blackhawks, that will be a, like, I don't care about the off-ice, like, I don't care about the, the, when it comes to, like, his off-ice legacy, I don't care about how much he means to the team, that will be a failure on the, on the front office. You have a guy who, yes, he's not having his best year, but he's still, you know, he's still widely known as 
one of the top offensive players in the league. He's one of the best, if not the best, uh, um, American scorers of all time. You like he's he he it would be perfect as a top six addition to any other team. Sure. If you don't get as much value as you can for this expiring asset, no matter how much he matters to your franchise. Mm. Taves is another story. Like, you know, they, they make a lot of money. Taves hasn't, hasn't performed as well as, as he should. It might be tougher to move his, his salary, but Kane's a different story. If you, if he walks into the free agency as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks next mm. summer, that's a, like, that's a failure on Kyle, Kyle Davidson in my eyes. Gotcha. What do you, otherwise, what are you doing this for? Yeah, the only yeah, unless you say to Kane like, would you be willing to do another four he, years of losing? No, he's no. not. He want he's thirty four. He doesn't yeah. have much time left, and like everything, we're we're looking at him. He's looking like a he's guy who's than I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in terms of hockey, yeah. But like Taves, for example, like if have you been reading the quotes that are coming out of Chicago lately? They're dire. Like, they're yeah. really dire. Like, yeah. Taves was just like, this, he was basically like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, he, to the, and this is the captain of the team. This is the guy who is captain series. He's supposed to be the level-headed voice of reason. Right. And he's coming out and saying, like, this sucks. I yeah. hate losing. I hate this. Yeah. Patrick Kane, in a puff piece about him, that's supposed to be celebrating how good he is, it's prefaced by the fact that he's going, I'm so sick of losing. Yeah. I think, and they've been doing it for a long time. I think these, like, specifically Kane, and I know that I've sort of made this about Kane, but it's a bit, like, mm-hmm. like, if, if he needs to be dealt. You gotta get something. You gotta get something. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I, I don't know where he goes. I uh, mean, it's always, been, it's always been the Rangers people seem to connect him to, but they have no cap space. The Sabres would be a lot of fun because yeah. it's a hometown guy and yeah. he's kind of what they need. Yeah. But I mean, you're wasting, you're wasting a very good talent right now um, very unnecessarily. Yeah, the Sabres would be a perfect fit if they were closer to a playoff spot. But they're playing incredible hockey right now. They are. It's just like, how much can you make up? You know, like I was looking at the standings the other day, and it's like, you know, like, T- like Tampa has only gained like one point on the Leafs in the last 10. Yeah. And Tampa's like eight and two. <laughs> well, yeah, the Leafs, the Leafs won. The Leafs didn't have a regulation loss for pretty much all of, De- of, uh, of November. Yeah. And into December. And... They, they gained, I think it was like two points on Boston, like not even. Exactly. Leafs so, aren't even first in their division. Exactly. So it's tough. It's tough. But, I mean, imagine you get Kane in the building. You make, mm-hmm. a, you make a crazy push to the end of the season. If the, and I know this is, this is semantics here, but like you look at the Sabres, they did have that terrible losing streak, that 8-9. Yeah. But if you take that away, and I, I get it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like if you take away the games they lost, they've won a lot. I get that argument. Yeah. I get it, okay? But... Just hear me out, everybody. Um, yeah. Like, if you, it, it, other than that, they've been playing incredible. You have, can you imagine Tage Thompson and Patrick Kane on the same line? Ooh. Like, that's good for hockey. Totally. It's good for my soul. I think it's good the, for humanity. Yeah. The, if you could, like, if I'm Kevin Adams, I say to Patrick Kane, okay, can we do a sign and trade yeah. where you sign like a one or two year extension mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we're probably not going to make it, but maybe we can at least, you know, win games down the stretch and be in a, yes. have good vibes. And then next year, we should be a playoff team with you. Absolutely. And also like you can give them, the Sabres I think are in a position now with the talent, with the goodwill they've built up um, as like an up and coming team. Because mm-hmm. they do, like they, like they went from being a laughing stock. Uh, very to like you know a place where hope springs eternal now yeah and it's because you know Tage Thompson is putting up he scored what 25 26 goals this year 
pretty much all of them being highlight reel goals. Yeah. And you go, you. I think if you're the Blackhawks, you allow the Sabres to at least like pitch themselves to Kane. They go, okay, so we're going to acquire you. Yeah. This is where we're looking for. We have we have a ton of cap space. Yeah. We have a blue line that's led by Owen Power and Ra- and um, um, Rasmus uh, Dahlin. Yeah. We up front, we got like. We have Tage Thompson, who's like a ge- like not generational, but he's like he could be a legitimate like star center. He is a yeah. star center right now. You know, we have uh, we have young guys like Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, yeah. uh, and then leaders in you know the Alex Tucks, the guys yeah. like that. Like we have a very exciting team. Yeah. I know you're expiring. Why don't you come here? And then we we negotiate a one or two year extension for you. We have the cap space to do that. Yeah. We have the draft capital to do that. Um, and you can be at home and you can win. And I think like if I was Kane, I'd be like, hell yeah, man! Like it's a good pitch. Why not? Like that's. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like like you go from a team that had no that has no direction, or at least the direction is to to go against everything that you believe in as an athlete, which is winning. Yeah. To a team that has like one of the best under 24 cores in the league, if not sure. the best. Yeah. I like, and you still get, you're still going to get paid a lot. You, it's a, it's an organization that everyone recognizes has completely turned itself around behind the scenes as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that would be very attractive to me if I was Patrick Kane. I, I hear you. Okay. Very cool. Now I think we'll, we'll do a little fun exercise here. Yes. Christmas time. It's the holidays. That's right. Getting festive. Why don't we go through a couple players say who gets who deserves some extra Christmas presents this year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, since we already talked about Tage Thompson, yes. we'll mention him briefly. I think mm-hmm. he already has 50 points. He's basically on pace for like 120 or something. It's nuts. Yeah, and it's funny too because it's like he really broke out last year. He had 68 yeah. points. So That's it's like what you got can't say extension. Yeah, so you can't say it's like he's breaking out, but he's hitting another level. Like yeah. he's going to he's going to break his career best by like Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Maybe even before that, to be 100%. honest. 100%. I'm going to be sitting alone in my apartment on Valentine's Day. Yeah. With not a, not a, a, a significant other in sight. And right. I'm going to be watching him break his, right? It's going to be fantastic. Exactly. And he'll just keep motoring for there. Exactly. So, I mean, Tate Thompson's an, an obvious one. Another obvious one is Connor McDavid, who is... What a shock. Like, he, is, he has a, sh- a shot at 160 points this yes. year. Like, he's basically on pace for He's that. got a chance to do something like we haven't seen in a very long time. Exactly. Yeah. And now that the Oilers have sort of righted the ship, they're in a playoff spot. You know, Stuart Skinner gets the extension in net. Obviously, that wasn't necessarily the plan coming into the <laughs> year, but you... Look, you, you got to make what... what you got to make do? You got to play with the cards you're dealt. Exactly. You know? And Stuart Skinner has been very good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also gives Jack Campbell ch- a chance to kind of reset and, you know, help them down the stretch. But, yeah, I mean, McDavid, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl's been fantastic as well, but it's, it's hilarious how, like, even Leon Dreisaitl pales in comparison to Connor McDavid in terms of production this year, just because McDavid has been so dominant. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we still see everything that makes him so unique in terms of, you know, making plays at high speeds and the fact that nobody has a high speed as high as his. Yes. You know, I mean, there's, like... Maybe one or two players in the league that could be that could hang with him in a skating competition, uh, but the fact he can do all that and be a wizard with the puck has just made him unstoppable. Uh, one other player I'll mention: uh, Linus Allmark. Yes. In Boston, uh, again, like we're looking at like near historical numbers in terms mm-hmm. of like his save percentage. Um, you know, in the salary cap era, there's just not many players who have been at that level, and you know. Uh, 
very interesting. This is a player who, you know, you could sort of see it at times earlier in his career, and he played for some of those Buffalo teams that really yeah. struggled, but uh, he had some pretty decent, decent save percentages. Last year was a pretty good first step with the Bruins, but now he's basically unstoppable. Yeah. His, and you, you love to see it. His save percentages, because I watched a lot of him when I was covering the Marlies, you know, like, the, like his Rochester's relatively close, so they'd, they visit a lot. He was a phenomenal AHL goalie. Mm. Um, but, and the thing is, too, is when he was on those Sabres teams, his save percentage was like pretty good, but it was always like it was always spoken about in those glowing tones because it was relative to the performance of the team, right? right. It would be like this guy's like 23 and he's got like a 9.10, but on a team, but on a terrible Sabres team, that's like a 9.30 anywhere yeah, else, right? Yeah. It's crazy. What a thing that I that that finds me abs- that just blows my mind when it comes to McDavid and the Oilers is you know McDavid's got 10 more points, he's got 64 points this year in uh, in 33 games, which is 10 more than Drysaitel who has 54, which is still incredible. But like Drysaitel will be on a historic pace as well, and T- McDavid has beat him by 10 more points. Yeah. But then I go, hmm, I wonder why the Oilers aren't winning that much, right? You look down, you go, oh, Vander Kane's been out since like October, November, yeah. and he's seventh in team scoring still. Wow. So that might that might explain it. And the and two of the guys in front of him on that are defensemen, mm-hmm. are, are Nurse and Barry. So when it comes to scoring depth, forward depth, I mean Derek Ryan's in the top ten. Might not be might not be good, but yeah, absolutely. McDavid uh, deserves to get uh, to get some extra Christmas presents. I think that's fantastic. Another one I think, um, um, and we were talking about him is uh, Johnny Goudreau. I think it, it's you know like he he has. Uh, I always like it when when big ticket free agents are worth their money, you know? Yeah. It's always really good to see that because for so long, that has not been the case. And I think that Johnny Goudreau, he's come in, it's a, he would have every, every sort of like reason to look around and be like, what have I done? Right. You know, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> but he has come in and he's been Johnny Goudreau. He's been exactly what you want him to be. And also, and I know it's a tough situation, but to sort of like uh, contrast it, you look at Calgary, Damn, they could really use Johnny Gaudreau. It's true. Like I, I was, I covered that Leafs game versus Calgary. Uh, um, uh, not this last Saturday, but the the one before. There is like no one on that team that can drive play themselves. Mm. You know, like Johnny Gaudreau is a one man like zone entry, like draw, like sort of like possession machine. They need that guy to break, like to sort of like bring everyone together. Mm. And man, they're missing it. Like it's they it, you, sometimes you don't know what's got what you got till it's gone, yeah. and I think that uh, I think that the flames are are starting to <laughs> the realize. The flames that. were like we knew we knew they're like we knew we wanted you to he stay. Wouldn't, he wouldn't but stay. I think even to another extent, I think they're looking at it and they go like, okay, well, I feel really we feel really good. We we replaced you, you know, like you they got divorced, but they replaced him with multiple new partners. That's but right. they couldn't do the same thing that Johnny Goudreau did. No. So, yeah, who else who else deserves extra presents for you? Do you think those are my those are my big ones. I, another one that I want to, and I think not a lot, none of people are talking about, is Miro Heiskanen. Yeah. Miro Heiskanen has been fantastic this year. He's putting up insane offensive results. Um, and, and because he's on the same team as Jason Robertson, who is himself putting up insane offensive results, yep. and Rupe Hintz, who is doing the same thing and all that, but not enough people give Miro Heiskanen love. It's this true. is one of the best young defenders, best defenders, I think, straight up in I the agree. game. He is... You know, the fact they have him under contract for the foreseeable future at a very good price, I think that sets Dallas's blue line up. Like, they can do anything and build around him. Mm-hmm. Not enough people talk about Miro Heiskanen. If he played on a, uh, you know, if he played in, in, a, in a market that was even just a little, I would say, cooler than Dallas, like, you know, you're getting towards sort of the middle of the country where, where people, where the markets are more, you know, like, fervent, mm-hmm. he would be, you know, like, 
he would he would be worshipped, you know. But because he's in Dallas, he's somewhat sequestered. Mm-hmm. I think we need to give him some credit because he is he has done phenomenal this year. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And yes, you, you're right, Jason Robertson. Obviously, another yes, one. Yes, another one deserves all the Christmas presents. Incredible. All right, yeah. moving on. You, you and I, we are leaving for the World Juniors on uh, January second. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Um, so why don't we just do a quick preview before uh, before we head out? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So. We're going to do it by groups here. Ryan's obviously the expert here. I'm just I'm just around as uh, to make sure he doesn't get lost um, in the airports and whatnot. But uh, I guess we'll start off with Canada. We we did it a bit, but now that now that they've officially named their roster, yeah. let's start off with Canada. Yeah, I mean Canada obviously loaded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tremendous depth, particularly down the middle. They're going to have some natural centers playing wing. And, you know, they are the favorite going in. They have all the elements. You know, Shane Wright, the captain. You got Dylan Gunther Mm -hmm. uh, coming from the NHL in Arizona. You got Brant Clark on the back end. Coming from Um, the NHL. Coming from the NHL. You know, you have Connor Bedard. You have Adam Fentilli, who could be number one and two in the draft Mm -hmm. uh, this summer. And, uh, and then you've got guys like Brendan Othman and Logan Stankoven uh, who already won gold uh, in the summer. So, yeah, Canada, definitely the prohibitive favorite. Will goaltending be their downfall? I think goaltending is going to be good enough. I okay. think it's going to be very similar to the summer with uh, Dylan Garand mm-hmm. uh, because it's either going to be Thomas Millich, who's undrafted, or Benjamin Gaudreau with mm-hmm. the San Jose pick. Uh, both of them uh, are the type of goalies where, you know, they can get the job done. They're, they might not steal you a game, but if you're Canada, you just need your goalie not to let you down. Yeah. So I think they're okay. Very cool. All right, Sweden. Yeah, Sweden, it's going to be a very different team mm-hmm. than in the summer because that team was led by Jesper Wallstead and Nett. He's too old now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, like Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey, the Vancouver first rounder, um, you know, didn't really get on track in the summer. But he should be a big part of that offense. Fabian Lysel, the Boston Bruins pick, who's been in the AHL, almost a point per gamer for the Providence Bruins, he's going to be big. What I want to see from Lysel is him really drive the net because he can take the puck. He kind of does that William Nylander thing where he goes all around the yes. zone and guys chase him. But uh, I want him to dominate because, mm-hmm. again, like he has experience. He's an older player on the team. Uh, I want to see him dominate. So I think Sweden, they're going to... Their defense score is not going to be as good as it could be. No Simon Edmondson, no Anton Olsen. Uh, so that could be tricky for them. Goaltending, it's not going to be as good because Wallstead was like the best in the tournament. But the offense should be a lot better. Mm-hmm. So they would be you know, sort of the prohibitive number two. But they're going to have to earn it in the group. Very cool. All right. Check you. Check you. Yes. So check you. This is a team that I think people should be pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically their entire defense score is returning from mm-hmm. the summer. And it was a good defense score. David Yerichek, obviously the big name, uh, the Columbus first rounder, has been in the AHL, uh, played a little with Columbus. He too. did, yes. Yeah. Um, but like Thomas Hamara is there, Stanislav Savozel, David Spachek, these are all NHL draft picks. So the checks are going to be very strong on the back end. And then you guys got guys like Yuri Kulich up front um, and... Uh, Thomas Sukonik in net, undrafted, but he was awesome mm-hmm. in the summer. So Czechs are kind of my wild card. Like, I could see them playing for a medal for sure. Really? Very yeah. cool. All right, what about Germany? Okay, so Germany, big task, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not going to be as good as they were a couple of years ago when they had, obviously, the big guns like Stutzla and Reichel and Pacheco. Uh, looking at Julian Lutz, the Arizona first rounder, uh, or sorry, not first rounder, second rounder. 
um, to have a big tournament. Mm -hmm. And then in net, they got Nikita Quap, who... Uh, Very great name. Uh, yes. What a, what a name. Great name, Carolina pick. He's going to have to be big. Mm -hmm. uh, because essentially, their goal should be the medal round. But again, they're going to have to earn it. Uh, oh, and I also say Bennett Rossmi, who was amazing in the summer. Uh, undrafted, but he went to the LA Kings mm -hmm. camp. Um, he should dominate. And cool. if he can dominate, then Germany can at least sort of tread water. Very cool. All right, and then finally for Group A, Austria. Yeah, so it's going to be tough for the Austrians because mm -hmm. no Marco Casper. Yes. Um, they already have been struggling at the top. Uh, they're probably going to play for relegation. They might be the team that gets relegated. Um, I will say at least defenseman David Reinbacher, who plays in Switzerland, mm -hmm. is a very interesting uh, prospect for the 2023 draft. Uh, could be one of the top blue liners in the class because it's very wide open there. Austrians, they're really probably not going to have the puck much. Um, so, but I would say if you're watching them, watch for Ryan Bacher. Very cool. All right, going over to Group B, good old US of A. USA, they're going to have some firepower. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Logan Cooley is going to be big. Cutter Gauthier, Jimmy Snuggerud, I think they've been playing as a line. Yes. It's like the old NTDP line that they all had together, so that's fun. Uh, Luke Hughes, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, on the defense core. He's going to lead that unit. Uh, Seamus Casey will be big, too. The big question, the X factor, mm -hmm. Goaltending. Yes. Caden Embarico is the uh, the returning starter, but they did play Trey Augustine in the first exhibition game, and he looked very good. Against He's Finland. your, like, wild card. He's you, my wild card. You're like, oh, this guy could be a guy, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Trey Augustine is the hill I'm going to die on. Embarico mm -hmm. um, has been very good for Colorado College this year, um, but he is a smaller goaltender. What's it going to look like in the medal round when he has to face, like, the big-time shooters? So that, to me, is, like, the huge X factor because we've seen – Team USA fall in the quarterfinals. We've seen them go all the way and win gold. Mm -hmm. So very interesting team. All right, Finland. Yeah, Finland, uh, you know, at this point, you basically just have to put them as a gold medal favorite because they're always in the mix. They always they, are. It used to be up and down. It used to be a boom bust to Finland. Now it's just boom. Doesn't matter who's on the roster. Now, the most interesting thing about this Finnish team, Brad Lambert, mm -hmm. Winnipeg Jets first rounder. He was healthy scratched in the medal round in the summer. They just they couldn't get Why? him going with the rest of the team. Yeah. Basically, you know, he was trying to do things too much himself. He, you know, the coach was saying he, he just had to learn how to use his teammates. And you know, he wasn't doing that, and they needed a cohesive unit. So, I mean, they went on to the gold medal round. They almost won the gold medal. Mm. Um, but now Brad Lambert gets a second chance. And he's, you know, he's been good in North America. It's on North American ice again, uh, which probably helps. Uh, they do have a new coach. And obviously new teammates, so let's see how they utilize Brad Lambert because you know they've got guys like Joaquin Kamel uh, who can obviously score and have experience. But if Brad Lambert can have a really good tournament, that will definitely propel the fans. Very cool. You think he'll be back with a vengeance? Do you think? You know, like he's. Honestly, it could go either way. Very cool. He could he could have like twelve points, or he could get scratched again. Very cool. All right, yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. So I mean, Switzerland they really dodged a bullet because they will have the services of Dallas Stars first rounder, Leon Bischel, yes. the humongous, nasty defenseman, one of my favorites from last year's draft class. You know, didn't play in the summer because, uh, you know, he want, it was a very busy year, obviously, for 2022 draft picks. He wanted to just sort of come to the mm -hmm. tournament. They were like, no, you got to come to camp. So they were like, how would I just, we just call yeah, it how off. How about we just punt for next year? Yeah, right? yeah. So he didn't, you know, there was a bit of a row there. Uh, but now he's back. That's huge because this Swiss, this Swiss team, not a lot of talent otherwise. 
Um, they've got some veteran scoring, got a couple of other defensemen that are interesting. Uh, but Leon Bischel is the guy to watch. He's not a big offensive guy. Mm -hmm. He's more of a put-you-through-the-boards kind of guy. So he's fun to watch. But I will say this. I think the Swiss need to be careful because they're in a pretty well-rounded group. Mm -hmm. And one false step, and you're going to find yourself playing for relegation. Yeah, 100%. All right. Slovakia. Yeah. So obviously for Slovakia, getting Simone Nemec on the back end huge. is huge. Uh, getting Philip Mesar up front is huge. Um, you know, this is a team that's got some pretty decent talent. Um, and those high-end elements, I think, can drive them pretty far. I don't think they're necessarily... I mean, hey, maybe they can be a medal contender. Maybe they could play for bronze. Uh, you know, I think they can be in the mix. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to depend on who they face in the quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is going to be a pretty decent squad. It's always good when you preface your, your expectations of a team with, I mean, hey... You, know? you, never well, know. Yeah, exactly. you never know. Because they do have enough high-end talent yeah. that if those guys can just be beasts, and, and you got you got Dalbor Dvorsky as well, who's up for the 2023 mm -hmm. draft. Um, you know, there, there's talent there. Very cool. All right. And then finally, last team, Latvia. Latvia, yeah. I mean, they're always fun because they're a hard-working, mm -hmm. grinding bunch. They got a couple of NHL draft picks this year, which bodes well for them. Dan's Luck Malice. Uh, the Boston Bruins pick. Mm -hmm. I think he's a guy that has some pretty fun skill to him. You know, they have a couple of other players that uh, were drafted, some, you know, in the CHL, some over in, in Europe. I, you know, they're going to be scrappy as always. And, you know, their big games are going to be against Switzerland and Slovakia. For them, it's about, obviously, avoiding that relegation series. If they do, in fact, have to play for relegation, I think they have a pretty good chance of, of staying up. But, you know, they don't have, I mean, they had a star goaltender in Bruno Bruveris in the summer. He's aged out, so that's, that's too bad for them. Um, but that's sort of where they're at. They're a minnow, but a scrappy minnow. Yeah. Look, I'll, I will always have a soft spot for Latvia after the, I believe it was 2014 Winter Olympics, when Christer's oh, Goodlevskis good yes. uh, put up one of the most insane performances I've ever seen. Very uh, true. Against, against Canada. All right. Well... Let's go to, we, we're going to punt on Mailbag this week. I think we're just going to go right into rapid fire. And again, you know, Christmas time, holiday time, it's coming up. thought I'd do a Christmas-themed version of rapid fire for you, Ryan. Let's do um, it. So let's start off, you know, you're the big music guy. Yes. So let's start off with what is the, what is the, the, uh, the Christmas song that you just loathe the most? Loathe the most? Like Ooh, the I thought you were going to go the other way. No, because there are, like, you know, we all have our favorite Christmas carols, and I'll ask you about right. that next, but gotcha. there, are certain, there are certain Christmas carols that people feel very, you know, visceral hatred. Mainly people who've worked, mm. like, retail before, sure, love to hear sure. it, yeah. but I feel like deep in everyone's heart, there's a Christmas carol that you're just like, why does that exist? Right. Oh, man. I, I'm not a big fan of Christmas music in general. Really? Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, I'll go with, like, Silent Night or one of the more sort of treacly, like slower ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's where I would go, where the one where it's like, uh, I don't want to hear this again. And yeah, I would also say like, have yourself a Merry Christmas. That's the one you hear as soon as you walk into the department store. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm gonna say, and this is this is mainly due to my own stupidity, but I'm gonna say I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Okay. Um, because as a kid, like I couldn't put it together that it was it's actually about like the kid's dad dressed as Santa mm, and he oh, wasn't. Is it? Yeah. Well, I thought that it was that the kid uncovered an affair. Right. Between his mom and Santa Claus. Right. And I'm like, why are we? Why is this a happy song? Yeah. This is the yeah. destruction of a family. You thought it was literal. I thought, yeah. As a kid, I'm just like, why are we singing about like, yeah. like Santa is married. And True. I'm assuming this kid's like I'm. I'm assuming this kid's mom is married. Right. If either way, it's bad. There's adultery going on either it's way. True. And I just I didn't like it. Mm. And uh, I also don't think it's a very like good song. I just think it's mm. sort of like whatever. So yeah. I do like Silent Night. I think it's a very like contemplative one. I think it's it it's nice, but. Yeah, I never really liked that. Uh, See, I don't uh, like to contemplate. There you go, yeah. yeah. Also, when it comes to literal songs, I was the same way with Maneater by Hall & Oates <laughs> when I was a kid. I thought that was a literal song. It's like cannibalism, what's going like, on here? I was the same way with Maneater from uh, Nelly Furtado, um, her classic song. Yeah. I'm like, why does she want to eat me? That's not good. Um, all right, favorite Christmas Carol. All right. I don't know if this is a Christmas Carol, but mm-hmm. Christmas song. Yes. Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. I don't even know that one. It's not like a fun, like it's like, you know, it's what you expect from the Pogues, like mm-hmm. the drunkest of Irish bands. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah, it's like a down and out Christmas song. And I like that one. Or Feliz Navidad. Yeah, that's, like, Feliz Navidad's always a good one. Yeah. I love the, um, like the Christmas, snow's coming down. Like that. I don't know what that's called, mm. but it's a very, very good one. I like that. Um, basically, because my, like, my parents would play the Michael Bublé Christmas album like Bublé. over and over and over. And look, he's he's great. And he would do he did his own version of that. He did another one too. Is like Baby, it's cold outside, sucks. Like uh-huh. it's and I'm glad that we've updated that to a more less aggressive song. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'd say that. All right, what is uh, what is the Christmas present that you always wanted as a kid but never got? Wow. Oh, that's interesting. So what do you resent your parents for? Yeah, some days I'm asking. That's tough because, like, uh, I, th- I think my parents were pretty spot on. Oh, great. With, uh, I thought, yeah, because it's, like, the, the one that I always say was my favorite was, like, we got, like, a table hockey, like, yeah. rod hockey. That was awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I can't think of one that they, really? that they punted on. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I didn't have, like, super, like, I didn't ask for a pony or anything. Yeah, I mean. I was realistic. Me neither. I was pretty, like, the one, and I knew I was never getting it, but I was, was like, a game system of any kind. Ah. My parents never let me have a game system as a kid. I had to, like, buy, I had to, like, work and buy my own. Uh, and, you know, so all, all through my childhood, you know, my friends are playing Call of Duty, my friends are playing this, that, and I unfortunately couldn't, uh, couldn't partake. And, I, and I, like, you know, as a, I wasn't, like, a, I wasn't, you know, like, mad about it or anything, but right. I do remember, you know, like, you know, coming down and being like, maybe this is the year. Never. Um, all right, another one is... Uh, favorite, obviously, favorite Christmas movie. Die Hard. Let's, I, just, let's just let's just say it. Let's just do sure. it. Sure. You know what? Die Hard's, Die Hard. I think is one of the best action movies it ever. Is. It is. Obviously. And it's definitely it's definitely Christmas inspired. It it um it like it birthed a genre of movie like it like the the sort of like trapped in one place, every man trapped in one place. Right. Like think about there's literally a movie right now out that is basically Die Hard, but if you replace Bruce Willis with Santa Claus. Yeah, and, and I'm actually pretty stoked and about that. Awesome. And it, lo- it but, looks awesome. It looks awesome. And it's gotten good reviews, but like, yeah. think about how many movies have now just been like, it's like Die Hard, but, yeah. you know? Die Hard on a boat. Yeah, Die, die hard, hard on a boat. Die Hard in a plane. Die Hard, you know, yeah. like stuff, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, and this is a very controversial opinion. Okay. Like, this is going to get me hate right. um, from everyone because it's a movie that 
just like no, I don't think anyone likes, but I will explain the backstory behind it. Okay. My favorite Christmas movie is Christmas with the Cranks. Okay. I love that movie. I think it is just an absolutely ridiculous movie. Nothing makes sense in it. It's got like Dan Aykroyd as like, basically the, the whole conceit of that movie. You know the conceit of the movie? It's where- I'm trying to remember. It's got, well, it's got Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. They're the Cranks. Okay. Luther and Nora. I gotcha. know I know this movie like down pat. Nice. And, um, and they, they, their daughter go, uh, leaves to join like the Peace Corps. Okay. And so they decide we're gonna skip Christmas. Well, at least Tim Allen decides we're gonna uh. skip Christmas and we're gonna go on a cruise instead. And, and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, you know, but we have, we're all like, we're so into the community here. Like we do so much for Christmas. And he's like, you know, my one condition, we're gonna go on this cruise, but we're gonna skip Christmas entirely. And they live in this suburb where like everyone's just, apparently there are no Jewish families in this, sub, in this like suburb. Right. Everyone's just like insane on Christmas yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so they, they just start getting bombarded by their neighbors about like their decision to skip Christmas and how it's like just so terrible. And like every, every house on the, on the block puts up this like Frosty the Snowman on their roof mm -hmm. and they don't. And so like at all hours of the day, the kids are like outside being like free Frosty and stuff. It's, it's nuts. Um, but it is so much fun. I love it, and every year, my my uh, like whenever like because I, I you know I go home for Christmas like with my with my family with my mom dad and sister, and uh, we get McDonald's for some reason on Christmas Eve. I think it's because we're coming back from something one time and we had to eat, but there's nothing else open, and, mm. and so we just made that tradition. We watch Christmas with the Cranks and make fun of it the whole time. Interesting. One of the most like literally unhinged performances I've ever seen is Dan Aykroyd as Vic Fromeyer in nice. uh, in Christmas with the Cranks. Yes. Um, anyway, that's my favorite. Um, and then another one is, and I guess we'll, we'll just end it off with, with this, is you know the classic, what is the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to table hockey. Yes. Because that yeah. was like formative, like huge, you know, as a kid, huge hockey fan. And uh, yeah, that was just like, it was super exciting. It was already set up for me and my little brother in the basement. Because uh, that's, what, that's what parents did back in the 80s and 90s when you still had to assemble everything is the night before. And I had to yes. do it for my kids when they were really little. So yeah, that was the best one. Mine was, uh, mine was the, like the, the Batcave experience. I think it was from, mm -hmm. when I got it, it was, it was from um, the animated series. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, I still love Batman. I would still love to get that Christmas present. I broke it almost instantly because I would create stories with my action figures and just slam them together. Right. So everyone's missing an arm, missing a leg, you know. But that, that was great. Another one is, and it's a very practical gift, is a wallet. My dad got uh -huh. me a, a wallet. I think it was my first year of university and I still use it to this day. It's, nice. it's, you know, it's, a, it's just so practical, I love it. And him and I, we have matching wallets now and we'll always, uh, I like that. So that's, that's my favorite. And yeah, so that's been our Christmas uh, uh, rapid fire. Uh, the next time you will see us, I think, uh, is gonna be either I don't it'll think we're doing it. It'll be after New Year's. It'll be yep. after the World Juniors when we get back, I think, right? So, That's right. Uh, we're, we're going to miss you, obviously. Uh, hope you don't miss us too much. Um, but then we'll be back to, to tee off the, the second half of the NHL season. It's always a pleasure, Ryan. Indeed. And uh, I guess we'll see you then. Enjoy your holidays. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you then.